2: There was a big focus on wool at the New Zealand Agricultural Show this month. It was the 160th show and the largest A&P show in Aotearoa. Cosmo Kentish Barnes went along to meet some of the good people who are proud to be involved with the sheep and wool sector. First up, he's with the show's shearing and wool handling chair, James Dwyer.
1: So we're standing in the Lister Shearing Pavilion at the moment and we are just starting to sort up our Corridale Hoggets that have travelled down from Marble Point Station with a lot of support from Matt and Sarah Black this morning and we have to keep them separated into two separate lines. Uh, we've got the sheep that have been prepared for the wool handlers and our wool handlers do a lot of grading and they sort a lot more of the wool so they just have a small buttonhole or a small crutch around their tail and the shearers competition sheep, they have a much bigger crutch and. Half of the belly is removed so that at high speed there's less chance of any of the breeding capabilities being damaged. Gosh, so quite a lot of preparation has gone into these sheep. Yes, yes, um, and a massive amount of work from Matt Black. He had to keep the sheep in and around the yards for four days last week so we could get them crutched up for our working bee, which was an absolutely monstrous effort. So yeah, we are very lucky uh, that he supplies his Corradale Hoggets to come down for our New Zealand Corridale Shearing Champs. It's a national title. Uh, Canterbury traditionally has always had the Corridale breed but with the change of farming practices over the last 15 to 20 years, uh, there has been a a large reduction in the number of Corridale farms or large scale Corridale farms. And to find someone that has such a large amount of hoggets, we select from 1200 hoggets to get the number down to 900 to come in for our two days of competition. How would you describe these sheep? What are their attributes? So the Corridale has always been referred to as a dual-purpose breed. It gives you a very high-quality mid-micron fleece. So it's not as fine as the Merino, but it's a lot finer than your traditional Romneys. And it is still able, while giving you a nice mid-micron fleece, it's still producing a very solid carcass for the lamb to go off to market. Yes. Are you a farmer? No, not sheep shearer by trade. So um that's me most of the year round. I sort of ten or eleven months a year I'm shearing sheep mainly on Banks Peninsula. So it's um, come in onto the flat from the hills to put on a show and by the time this week's over I'll be looking forward to going back to my quiet little paradise over on Banks Peninsula. How much work have
3: you put in to make this whole event run smoothly?
1: Oh I didn't pay to think about that, um, especially when the mortgage is due, but yeah it's, we're talking weeks to try and make this happen with meetings, travel, working bees, preparation, uh, and nowadays health and safety training, it's it's a lot of work has to go into it behind the scenes and we hope that we can put on three great days at the NZ Ag show uh, and we can put on a great show for the public. but. When they think it looks easy that's when we know we've done our job right. Mm.
3: Now um, in front of us are what about 400 Corradale sheep and these will be used for the wool handling events today.
1: Yep and uh, then they'll be shipped back up to Marble Point tomorrow and once we've finished our wool handling competition this afternoon we will move into a couple of shearing events for our evening programme and then yeah we'll uh, crank into our shearing at 8am tomorrow morning. Have you got some of the top wool handlers from around the country here? We've got current New Zealand team members uh, will be competing today and then there'll be others that are trying to make it to that New Zealand team level. It's part of a circuit of points, so the top wool handlers will be competing and everyone's vying for that bragging rights and also for the competition points that accumulate throughout the season. What does this show mean to you? To me, it's the biggest show that I go to each year. It's the most amount of work, but we just want people to see what a great industry it is and the product that we're taking off the sheep for the farmers, we just can't do enough to try and promote it. And it's just the chance to be able to bring what we do into the city for the people to see is just amazing. Yesterday I was doing demonstrations for school kids and um, people that were moving through the show quietly and they had the opportunity to come up. And to actually touch a shorn sheep and to see the, the young kids' faces when they touch a warm, breathing sheep after it's been shorn, it's um, incredibly satisfying. What a great way to bridge that urban-rural divide. Well, and the other thing too is that we're, we're really fighting against a stigma with some of these peoples and organisations that are portraying the fact that wool is a negative product, that it is bad. And they even perpetrating the myth that an animal has to be killed for its wool to be removed which is just a complete fabrication because it's the most sustainable product we can imagine. We give them a haircut every 6 to 12 months, they grow it again and you've got a great product to work with.
3: This pavilion is not only for sheep, what other animals can we
1: see around us? Oh you can hear all sorts, there's the goats, they like to make a fair racket, especially the young ones, the pigs, they get snuffling and snorting and grunting and honking. Uh, Further on down you've got the sheep and the chickens and then behind us you've got some... Some of the biggest chunks of beef I've seen walking around for a day or two, and everyone just it's a great opportunity for the best of the best to come in and show the city what the country just does every day.
0: My name's Lee George, and I'm from Tegwiti.
3: Lee is competing in the senior grade of the wool handling competition.
0: I thought I'd just come down and give it a go. Never done a full wool show before, so...
3: Yeah, how did it go today?
0: Not very well. (laughs) (laughs) But I gave it a go and I enjoyed it. I just got flustered, overthought about everything, started putting stuff in the wrong bins.
3: (laughs) It's quite hard when there are people watching because there's there's probably 50 or 60 people there.
0: Yep, it is pretty nerve-wracking
3: do you work as a wool handler full-time
0: just part-time because i'm a mum as well so yeah
3: what do you love about it
0: everything the industry the people the traveling the places you can go yeah just meeting new people and like the industry can take you overseas you know you can go to australia you can go to the uk you know france yeah
3: do you get paid well being a wool handler
0: i reckon we get paid well Yeah. yeah so for the rousey's for the shed hands and the pressers, we get paid hourly or by um, bail weight for the presser, depending on where you are, and the shearer gets paid per sheep.
3: And did you come down here with quite a few other people?
0: Um, just my daughter and my son-in-law and my baby. Yeah, we come through from Meffin, we've been staying in
2: gentlemen.
4: My name's Joel Henari and I'm I'm originally from Gisborne in the North Island, but I currently reside in Motuika, Nelson and I'm here at the Canterbury AMP show for the Shearing and Wool Handling Champs, in particular the Open Wool Handling Contest that's been held here today. Yes, is this a big event on the wool handling circuit? This is, this is considered as a major wool handling title and uh, so, you know, this is one of the big ones like Golden Shears and um, thank you at Alexandra Marino, she has those big titles like that and Christchurch is right amongst it. Have you won here before? I have. I, I've been fortunate that I've won it six times, this Open title, so the last two years, and, and so, yeah. And how did it go today? You seemed to uh, get the job done quite quickly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty f- wrapped with how I performed this morning, and once the results come out, uh, you know, when the judges have made their final marks, then we'll be able to see yeah. how I got on, whether I get into the semi-final. What are you judged on? So you're judged on how well you prepare the wool, as well as keeping up with the shearer, and then all the wool that you separate, so the wool buyer only wants the nice white wool, that's where the money is, and anything that doesn't match that needs to come away, there's the least valued wool, or inferior wool types, processing wool faults is what we call them. Yes, and
3: how long have you been in this industry?
4: Well, I started competing when I was twelve, and I'm now 32. So I've been in the open probably competing for 16 years. Are you working full time as a wool handler? No, I haven't worked in the shearing industry for five years. I'm stay at home, solo dad, and my three young boys, and that's my full time job. He's pretty much
5: done and dusted there, ladies and gentlemen. There's the other
2: competitors.
3: Alpaca breeder, Anne Rogers, is president of the Canterbury AP Association. She's only the second woman president in 160 years. How are things going?
5: Things are going really well. We had a pretty good crowd for a Wednesday yesterday, despite the fact that it was quite cold and windy.
3: We have just come into the wool zone, which is part of the Livestock Pavilion and you've been instrumental in really pushing for this, haven't you?
5: Yes, I have been trying to get this idea floated for about three or four years now and finally this year I was able to make it come to pass and um, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled with it.
3: So and this used to be the what the city farmyard where the children used yes. to be able to pet the, yeah, uh, the smaller animals yes, but yes. it makes much more sense having the wool zone right beside the
5: oh, sheep Absolutely, because it's sort of, they can walk through the wool zone progress through the sheep, the live sheep pens and then out across to the city farm and also over there we've got sheep milking and use lemon
3: As people wander through the wool zone exhibit they learn about the attributes of wool and what can be made from it
5: this is the area where we sort of lose the world behind and we start to focus on, on wool. So here we've got the start, the soil, the grass, how the sheep start to produce their wool.
3: How would you describe what we can see?
5: Oh look, on a pallet is a great big one metre square, very deep <laughs> section of soil with a lovely lush grass growing up from it, with a mixed seed plant.
3: It's like a big bite of the earth that's been transported into the livestock pavilion.
5: Yes, it is. There's a little bit of cocksfoot in there, clover, ryegrass.
3: Why did you want this wool zone to become a feature of the show?
5: Because of the importance of wool to all our local growers and our national growers. It's the most renewable, sustainable fibre in the world and we need to be applauding that and we need to be recognizing that and we need to be able to educate people into all the ways that they can use wool in their lives from wool mat for weed prevention for insulation for cosmetics for shoes to somebody that's making a plastic alternative handle for knives beautiful band-aids and um, dressing material and there's just so many ways that we can use wool and support our economy.
3: I saw some kayaks just before. What are they doing in the wool zone?
5: Well, they're made of wool. And so this is the technology that's rapidly evolving now to utilise this marvellous product.
3: Right beside us is a spinner and a weaver. Yes,
5: yes and a filter over the back there.
3: So this really is quite an interactive area.
5: It is, it's very interactive. So if we come back through, we've got different retail sites in here where people can also see the different things that are available. Uh, We've got um, the Grumpy Merino, we've got Bow and Arrow, we've got Laura and Flock,
3: and these are all local companies that, yes, that use wool in yes. their products?
5: Yes, fantastic. So look at this marvellous display of wool fleeces here.
3: Now the biggest area in the wool zone here is yes. the display of fleeces in competition. Yes. Now what sort of fleeces are these?
5: Well we've got crossbred wools and we've got merino wools. One of the things that you see when you come to see this competition is that the scoring sheets for each fleece are there, so you can see how fine they were, you can see why that fleece has won this competition, where it's placed, if it's second or third. What was the difference? Was it finer? Did it have more vegetation in it? What was the yeah. structure of the fleece? So it's quite good for people to be able to see that, so get a bit of an idea. Well, How, did, how do they know which fleece is better than that fleece?
3: Now, Anne, you are looking at the Supreme Champion fleece. Tell me about this. A big
5: deal with 150 fleeces here. It's it's a really big deal. It's a Corridale fleece, uh, and it's come from a U, and it belongs to K.A. Gilbert.
3: What does it mean for people to win a Supreme Award?
5: Huge, huge. It's a a great mana. It's great for your business, but it's also a great personal achievement. Yeah.
3: Right next to the wool zone, Paul Ensor has some sheep in the commercial hogget competition. So this is a new competition this year where you enter four weather hoggets
6: and you have four fleeces as well, so they judge the sheep on their own and then they judge the fleeces and then they also, um, the sheep will get processed and they'll judge the carcass as well. So it's about showing the all-round value of it, what a merino animal can produce. The whole process. Yeah.
3: And how have you
6: done? Because I can see a ribbon there. Yeah, it's a, it's a red one, which is a good sign because that means we came first. So we're very really stoked about that. These are just normal farm sheep. They're not any pampered sheep at all. They're just straight in off, off the paddock and into the, into the show to show people how they can perform. So they came first in the animal section. Yeah, so they came first in what they're calling the animal excellence section of it, and they've also been muscle scanned as well to see how, how much muscle they have on them. Oh, you must be quite happy about that. Yeah, we're thrilled to take
3: out that in the first year of that competition, so yeah, no, it's very exciting. And um, right behind the sheep is a table with Glen Station written above it, and this is where the fleeces are.
6: Yeah, so part of the competition you have to display four fleeces that are representative of, of the flock. So these were shorn back in August, so we've put them aside and then we bring them along and line them up next to the sheep. So it's good to see the whole sort of pasture to fibre sort of thing go all the way through. And what happens to your wool? So our wool, we've got our own we wool business we diversified into. So we sell hemp and merino products in a product called hempreno. So that gets made into yarn up in Wellington and knitted in Tauranga.
3: Mm. And what's been happening on farm recently?
6: Um, So we've just come through quite a busy period of tailing and uh, sowing winter feed crops and things as well, so plenty going on. Yes, yes, but nice to get a break and come to the show. Yeah, great to get to the show and catch up with old friends and yeah, yeah, no, it's always a good few days out. Just uh, how
2: fortunate we have been to have Robson Waste Management as our sponsors on the uh, cattle lawn. Uh, They've gone above and beyond, as far as we're concerned. They've been great hosts.
3: On the other side of the busy pavilion, several rows of crossbred sheep are on display. Leaning over one of the sheep pens is a farmer and veteran Corridale breeder from North Canterbury. My name is David
2: Sidey, but everyone knows me by my nickname of Doc, D-O-C. Doc Sidey. How long have you been coming to the show here? I first came in 1954 for a day... And then my father bought me for three, all three days of the next four shows. And I went to boarding school, and I came here one day of those three years. But I haven't missed a day since. So this for me is day 205 on the showground. What's happening here today? This has Yesterday was judging day, where we provided an, in our section. We provided about eight classes for either sex and for various age groups. We're looking at ewes rearing lambs here, which is the production side of things. Um, we're looking at ram hoggets here, which are the future. This is more of a breed display than an exhibitor display because we want to show the public what we've got between five different exhibitors, which is our lowest ever in my lifetime. I've been to the show when there was 359 corridors here in 1959, now we've got 50, and that's, that's a fall off of, of showing sheep and not many young people coming through the system that are keen on all the time and effort and this is looked upon as being a little bit false in most farming because you've got to have sheep in the peaker condition to be competitive and that's the fault of the system.
3: That's a bit sad, isn't it, that, that there's been such a drop-off? Yeah, I'm a traditionalist,
2: I suppose, you say, and that's probably what you might call a family disease, that I'm still in it, <laughs> but I enjoy the people part of it more than anything, regardless of what breed they're in.
3: Yes. Now, and um, what's the standard of sheep like this year here at the show? Uh, it's, I would say very good. I'll explain that by saying
2: that when I judged the ram Hoggett class here, I stood aside from being an exhibitor in the ram hoggets, and I judged 82, and I can still remember the top 10 quite vividly in my head of what they looked like, and I can remember the demonstration I gave on them. Now, yesterday, we had the top eight out, and I would think they'd hold their own very good, very well, I should say, with the top 10 of 1988. So that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, it is a good sign, and this you over here is the, the classic of what a, a sheep breed stands for. She's uh, born in 2017. And this is her fifth set of twins. She's never had anything else that she's basically from the paddock and she's well proven at home. She was never shown when she was young or Molly Cold. She's all in big mob sizes. And the milking ability is very good. She is here with her two lambs who yeah. are quite plump. Yeah, the ram lamb, which is this guy sitting down here, has got a lot of potential, I think. Yes. When they were out yesterday, I think he's probably he might be the most valuable lamb that's here in our section for, for potential
3: we are walking down towards your best best looking sheep best exhibit i think yeah
2: this ram got second in a very strong class of five rams he was we thought when we left home that this was our great hope and my experience i i would rate this sheep because he's such a good natural doer as being in the top five rams I can be, remember being born at home. He's a big boy. He's a big boy, and he's done it naturally. He's never had a pickle of grain or a, a sheepnut in his life. Beautiful clear head, nice soft texture to him, which is an indicator of purity and strong bone and guts. And
3: you've got your hand under his jaw now, and he's very relaxed.
2: Yeah, he, he came here last year and won a class of about 23, but um, he was beaten by a ram that had superior wall type. Yes, how heavy would he be? he will be about 120 kilos, maybe even more. And the lambs look as though they're very like this fella. They're they're very strong and gutsy, and I think that's probably the most valuable asset you get in an animal. How many lambs can he sire in one season? We put this ram to 92 two-tooth ewes, and not all two-tooth ewes are easy to get in lamb, but in 34 days he had 90 of them in lamb, which is quite exceptional. So we'll have about 130 lambs by him, and we'll be going for even more next year because now they're born and he's proven himself. He's very productive. Yeah, we wouldn't sell him to anybody because he's very valuable to us for at least the next couple of years. And then in, in the way of progress, you'd hope perhaps that you might get something with a slightly thicker staple. But the interesting thing is he's, he's so heavy boned and grunty that it's very
3: hard to get soft wool to go with it, and this ram is soft wool. now you are looking at his wool now, yeah. and um, under the darker exterior, it's beautifully whitey-yellow inside, isn't it? Look at that yeah. staple. Strong bone often
2: leads to harsher wool on your hand, but this is a good, good soft wool. The ram that's beaten him is very pure in the wool, and that's been the judge's difference yeah. between the two.
3: And lastly, Doc, can you tell me what you love about sheep?
2: I'm up to it, genetically brought up to it. Um, I I'm, I'm three-quarter Scotch, and they usually, if you, you take a history of all the old stations in New Zealand, it was the Scotch Shepherds that made it. And I would say that in my particular case, my great-grandfather was in boots and all, and a bit to do with founding the Corridale breed, and we've followed that kind of tradition, yeah.
3: Mm. And you've been
2: farming all your life? Yeah, I have been. I have uh, I live in the same house that I was born into, so I came in the front door... and. A bassinet and I hope to go out of it in the wooden box. <laughs> that was sheep breeder Doc Sidy. Cosmo was also talking to Ann Rogers, James Dwyer, Lee George, Paul Ensor, and Joel Hinare, who won the New Zealand Corridales Open Wool Handling Championship for the seventh time.